My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. Today we are joined on the line by Pastor Didi Isaac. He is a Zambian pastor and he is the founder of a church called uh, Presidential Ministry. Very good morning to you, Pastor Isaacs. Good morning, madam. How are you? I'm doing very well. Such a pleasure to to have you in, in, in with us here on SAFM. We start this feature every morning by asking our guests, what's your morning routine that get up and go, that gets you up and going every day? Oh, thank you so much for, for that question. Uh, for the listeners, you know, it's a great morning that, uh, you know, God has a plan for them. But uh, there are things, there are principles to every life. You know, God mm-hmm. has given us all things. But even though he has given us all things, we have principles that uh, we set in place. Like one of the principles that I've set in place to live a prosperity life and a successful life. Uh, Prophet, your, your 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 phone is breaking up. I'm, I'm struggling to, to, to hear you. Perhaps can you just move to a place uh, where, where we can just hear you a little bit better? Can you hear me? Yes, yes. My question was you, Pastor. You know, some people wake up in the morning and they run, they exercise, others pray, others meditate, others, um, you know, prefer to go out and cycle, others go and swim. What's your morning routine as Pastor Didi Isaac that gets you up and going every day? Wow, wow, wow. Uh, first of all, let me give you my, my biography. Uh, number one is that I'm a, I'm a founder of... Uh, uh, Holy Ghost Embassy Presidential Ministry, which we have got uh, 5,000 people, and uh, I've got uh, branches all over, which means that, uh, you know, the work of a pastor, number one, is very hectic. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm a husband. I have a wife. Uh, number three, I'm a father. I have children. So to manage all the three portfolio, and uh, the number four is that I'm a businessman. So you need, number one, to know how to give time to each and every uh, uh, each and every project that God has given you. The, getting back to your question is that how do I manage all these uh, portfolios or how do I live my daily life? The first thing is that I'm a person of prayer. Every zero three to zero five, I'm praying. It is where I commune with my God. I talk to my God. I give my plans to my God. Then uh, six o'clock, I wake up. I go to the gym. I go to the gym, I exercise, because, you know, health is very important mm. in what we are doing, in what we are doing. Then uh, from 8, 8 a.m., then I go for my work. Then uh, from Monday, from Monday, it is my work day. Tuesday is my church day. Thursday, it is work. Uh, uh, Wednesday, it is work. Friday, it is church. Saturday, it is uh, leadership. And Sunday, it is... Uh, uh, the Sunday service where I meet different people, international visitors from different countries. So it's a little bit hectic, you know, you, mm. you need to know how to manage it. Absolutely. You you have uh, quite a full program on your hands, as I can um, hear. Pastor, let's talk about um, a little bit more uh, about you. You did uh, mention your um, you, your life. You know, you're a family man, you run a business, you have a ministry. So indeed, you have a, a full life. What keeps you going on a daily basis? How do you manage to, um, you know, do all the things that you're required and still, you know, keep a sane mind, you know, and still keep going on a daily basis? Oh, well, thank you for that question. Number one, uh, uh, focus, you know, focus. 
is uh, my uh, fundamental principle. I co-focus as the compass to keep you towards the right direction. Number one, for you to achieve and for you to remain in the track, for you to remain in, in business, you need to be focusing what you believe to do. Number one, it is vision. Focus on your vision and stop focusing on other people's vision. But the problem that we have with uh, people in this generation is that uh, they envy they envy what is not given to them. So if they can focus on the little vision that they have, every big thing that we see and that we admire today is started from small things. So if they can focus on the small things uh, according to time, the patience, perseverance, and the hard work, it will definitely become big. Mm, that's very important to you. And what does leadership mean to you, Pastor? Uh, leadership, number one, to me, it is uh, uh, a leader is a ladder. A leader is a ladder. A leader is somebody that others use to climb on top. Mm. Leadership is simply setting an example. Leadership is simply passing on a torch from one generation to another generation. The future of uh, my ministry or my company is not with me, but is in uh, the other people. So the greatest leader before he dies, he invests in people. Mm-hmm. And that talking is leadership. And I like the point you're saying, you know, a leader invests in other people. And I wanted us to, to, to get into, you know, matters of current affairs when it comes to issues of uh, religion. And um, I want us to do a little bit of reflecting, of course, on the story of the day. We do know of um, the imminent, um, um, you know, arrest that took place a few days ago of Shepherd Bushiri and his wife and Get some of your thoughts, whether the church is under persecution or, in other words, do you find that, you know, South African laws are trying to protect, you know, the sanctity, you know, of the nation to ensure that if there is wrongdoing, then those who are guilty are brought to book. And, of course, we do know people are innocent before proven guilty. But, however, you know, we, we've seen over the past two, three years, you know, the Commission of um, Religious, Linguistic and Cultural Rights, you know, just coming down hard on the church on issues of regulation and issues issues of leadership and issues of being registered, you know, and just regulating the industry. What are some of your views, especially just starting by reflecting on the arrest of Prophet uh, Bushiri? No, you need to understand that uh, 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 every prophetic ministry, every prophetic ministry has battles. Mm -hmm. And if you look at this thing, did not start now. This thing started in the Bible, the killing of prophets, the killing of prophets. You see that Elijah is being uh, is being uh, followed by a woman called Jezebel. So in this generation, we have a lot of Jezebels that are envying the the work of God, mm-hmm. the work of God, because you need to understand that the dispensation that we are living in is that the church is making a lot of influence, depopulating the kingdom of the devil and populating the kingdom of God, and of course. The devil continued to plan for prophets, apostles, bishops, anyone who calls on the name of God is under attack right now. So my greatest encouragement is that uh, as the body of Christ, we need to come together and intercede. Look, if you look at the Muslims, if you look at the Muslims, the Muslims, they protect their prophets. The Muslims, they protect their prophets. It is only in Christianity that we Christians will speak against our own prophets. Mm-hmm. So what do I mean? What I'm saying is that we don't celebrate on our own, but 
But what I'm saying is that the church must come together and intercede. So it is an attack on the church, and uh, prayer must be offered. The Bible says there was a man called Paul, and, uh, 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 Paul. he was in prison. He was in uh, uh, Peter. He was in prison. As he was in prison, uh, prayer was offered continuously and consistently for the release of this man. So what we need is to intercede, to offer prayer to God, that God must remember the body of Christ. And remember that the body has got different parts. Others are eyes, others are hands, others are legs. So we cannot celebrate when the leg has been cut off. So are you saying that we are to merely write of the allegations being made against the prophet and the states, um, the hawks coming through uh, saying that they do have, you know, investigations that have been uh, ongoing for at least the past 18 months to two years? Are you saying we should um, disregard I, I, all I, of I, that? I cannot, I cannot comment on that. I cannot comment on that because, number one, it is a state. Uh, the state must do their own work. Yes. Okay, I'm speaking on the part of the body of Christ because I'm part of the body of Christ. However, you called it a spiritual attack in your own description. You are saying this is a spiritual attack, which in many ways infers to a sense of it's not true. It's just the attack of the devil. No, no. What I'm saying is that to us is an attack because your view and my view is a little bit different. The way we look at things is a little bit different. So what I'm saying is that uh, uh, to us is simply an attack to the body of Christ, not to the church. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about the body. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. It is not only it is on, not only the prophetic, even the apostolic, the apostolic ministry, the pastoral ministry. Right now, all the fivefold ministry is under attack. So what are we going to do? It is to pray. It is a dispensation that we are living in. But God is about to release His glory upon the church. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. In less than one year, in less than one year, there's going to be serious revival that is going to take place in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there's going to be serious revival that is going to take place in South Africa. So the enemy has already seen because South Africa is a blessed nation. Have you heard? South Africa is a trigger. Is a trigger. Is what releases. Mm-hmm. Is what releases the nations. If you if you look at South Africa, you will discover that most of the people that have occupied South Africa. Are foreigners have you ever discussed have you ever asked yourself why foreigners are coming to south africa is because south africa is a blessed nation okay so have let's stay on that the blessed nation you know and eating the spoils of the blessed nation um let's talk about the issues of justice because you know if you want to go into um you know the attacks and i'm going to to approach this from two angles number one from of course a journalistic angle but from a spiritual angle as well you know christians are called to be you know transparent you're called to have integrity you're called you know not to break the law you're called to pay your taxes give to caesar what is uh, belongs to caesar you know we are called to be above reproach so if we are simply to then dismiss everything that is happening around you know, the body of Christ with all of these. And I think there really should be a commission as well into what's happening in issues of religion, because I think it would be very dangerous to take a head in the sky type of approach to simply dismiss it as an attack, but not, I mean, the issue of false prophets, even Jesus himself spoke about false prophets. Can I you ask know, you a question? Who is a before, false hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not putting any individuals in this category. I'm talking about the concept. Okay, I'm talking about a concept. I'm not talking about an individual, right? We know that the issue, the concept of false prophet has been there since the times of Jesus. And we say we you, must you know expel... Me, Sorry, let me finish why, my point. You know why people prophet? concentrate 
Prophet, let me finish my question to you and you'll have a, an opportunity to, to respond. But what I'm saying is the church has a responsibility to weed out corrupt animal uh, elements if there are any. And perhaps the church should be taking a stance of justice to say, let justice take its course. Those who are corrupting our um, kingdom of God, whoever they may be, you may find that the prophet is being accused um, falsely. Of course, it may just be the case. However, I want us to move out of an individual's and say, should the church not be taking a stance to say if there are corrupt elements, let them be exposed, let them be dealt with so that the integrity of the church may be preserved? No, this is what I'm telling you. I said you cannot, you cannot uh, disagree with the law. You cannot disagree with the law. During the time of Jesus, there was a law. Jesus was paying tax. Am I communicating? So mm-hmm. even in our time, in our time, we must uh, we must be law-abiding citizens. What I'm simply saying is that let the law take its own place. But you need to understand that in the body of Christ, for the revival that is coming, mm-hmm. for the revival that is coming in the nation of South but Africa. Surely for the revival, is, we need the corrupt elements out because the revival is coming for the children of God to bring the good news. The revival, and it can't the revival come, is coming for the children of God. Yes. But you need to understand that for that revival to come through, there must be darkness. There must be darkness. We will never see the light if there is no darkness. So what I'm saying is that the enemy will rise. Mm-hmm. The enemy will rise against the church. And for those that he has called genuinely, for those that God has anointed, the enemy will rise. Because you need to understand that God, when he wants to do something in a nation, he raises up voices. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that the devil can do it is to kill voices. And the, the generation we are living in, we are, gener- we are living in this generation, where they are killing voices that are very loud. They don't want it to be loud. But the greatest thing that we must do it is to pray and to intercede. And also to, uh, to, to abide to the law. That mm. is the only remedy and the only antidote. You know, I, 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 I'm still struggling with um, the point of, perhaps let me ask you, do you see the state and the law being that darkness? No, no, no. When you no. refer to darkness, what are you referring to? When I'm saying, when I'm saying that uh, darkness, every uh, body, the body of Christ, number one, is under attack. You need to understand that who is who is the greatest enemy. The greatest enemy is the devil. Mm-hmm. Have you heard me? Mm-hmm. The greatest enemy is the devil. Now understand this: that there will never be revival if that darkness, that opposition, is not there. This movement is necessary to clean the church. Is there? Is there not to afflict the church? Is there to make sure that the eyes of the body of Christ is open, so that we know that okay now, because of this thing that is happening, what is the next? So we begin to check ourselves, then we begin to 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 evaluate ourselves mm-hmm. whether whether we are law-abiding citizens. So it is very important for 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 for, for the law to take its own course, and also for the church to pray to pray for 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 everyone in the body of Christ. All right. And I think that's a very important point to make because I wouldn't want the church to be seen as protecting and, you know, um, you know, people who, who should not be, um, you know, outside should be behind bars if they've committed crimes. You know, the church should never be found in a compromised position of protecting those it should not be protecting. And I think I want us to also move away from, um, this particular case and also just reflect on how do we then negotiate these murky waters we find if you say 
then the church is under attack. How do we come out of it? How do we then get to a place of saying the revival is going to come? Um, you know, what's happening right now is necessary before the revival comes to clean the church. You know, how do we then instill the message of hope and measures of encouragement to say what is happening now is necessary? It's a cleansing of sorts, you know, for the church to move forward. Please understand, understand that uh, we are not doing this for anybody. We are doing this for the coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is the movement of the coming of Jesus. And let me tell you that Jesus is coming. And if Jesus is coming, the church must be able to unite with one voice, one faith, one baptism, one mind. What do I mean? Let's gather together as believers. Let's pray. Let's pray. And let's build up our faith. Let's not be broken. And let's say no to the attack of the enemy by us praying and asking God for divine help. Mm. And finally, uh, Prophet, before I, I, I let you go, is there a word that you want to encourage us with as we start the new week? Well, you know, the week is starting. And uh, my greatest encouragement to them is that uh, Monday without prayer, it becomes a morning day. Tuesday without prayer, it is a twisted day. Wednesday without prayer, it is a wasted day. Thursday without prayer, it becomes a Thursday day. Friday without prayer, it becomes a fixed day. And Saturday without prayer, it becomes a Saturday. And Sunday without prayer, it becomes a thin day, which means if there's a man to pray, there's a God to answer. My advice for every listener is that pray for God to help you. The Lord bless all the listeners and the Lord lift them abundantly. And that this week is going to be a week of uh, 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 many, many, many visitation to, to God's people. Thank you so much for joining us. And that was Pastor D.D. Isaac, founder of the Presidential Ministry. And he has an orphanage. He has a reach out program. And of course, he was joining us this morning in our get up and go. 11 minutes before 5 o'clock. Stay with us. Do remember our topic of the day today? We are talking about the Vodacom versus Ngosana Magade issue. And we're asking the question this morning, how do you price an idea? What value do you put in it in monetary terms? And also, do our young entrepreneurs as well as uh, those who are inventors uh, know enough about patenting their intellectual property so that they don't find themselves, you know, in the similar situation. You know, what are the lessons for entrepreneurs and inventors from um, the Ngosana Magade case? That's what we'd like to hear from you. You can send us your tweets at Kanye underscore Makubane at SAFM Radio. You can also connect with us uh, through our SMS line 409 Ten minutes before five o'clock. Here's this new day.